And we are back at it again with a very special episode of our Quibi show, The Nod with Brittany and Eric. Just a reminder that nearly every weekday, we're bringing you a quick, concentrated hit of all things Black. This week alone, we've got mega TikToker Taylor Cassidy on teaching Black history in under a minute. Slate's Joel Anderson and I re-examine Michael Jordan's legacy. And Brittany and superstar performer Larry Owens take a look back at some of the most important shows in Black Broadway. History. That's just this week, y'all. Don't miss your blessing. Mm. And on today's show, we're talking about the response to the murder of Breonna Taylor, specifically highlighting the stark difference in public reaction to her death when compared to the murders of men like George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery. To learn more, we're talking to Andrea J. Ritchie, police misconduct attorney and author of Invisible No More Police Violence Against Black Women and Women of Color. This conversation is incredibly important, and we're so grateful we get to share it with you. Hope you like it. As Ahmaud Arbery's murderers face indictment charges, and four officers have been charged in the death of George Floyd, the case of Breonna Taylor still hangs in the balance. Even the media coverage of her death has felt significantly less urgent than that of her male counterparts. Today, we're talking with Andrea J. Ritchie, author of Invisible No More, about why this happens to Black women, and what we can do to change it. This is The Nod. On March 13th, 2020, Breonna Taylor was shot and killed by police in Louisville, Kentucky. In what's been described as a botched raid, officers barged into Taylor's apartment under a no-knock warrant and fired multiple rounds. No drugs were found. The no-knock warrant in question was actually for Taylor's ex-boyfriend and his friends, who lived miles away and had already been detained by the time police entered Taylor's home. As maddening as Brianna's death is, most Americans hadn't even heard of it until nearly three months later, as the national unrest around the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd began to unfold. While all the stories of those killed and brutalized by police are important, Brianna isn't the first Black woman to have hers reduced to a footnote in the larger narrative. Why are the deaths of Black women at the hands of police received so much differently? And what can we do to change that? Today, to help us understand, we're joined by Andrea J. Ritchie, the author of Invisible No More, Police Violence Against Black Women and Women of Color. Andrea Ritchie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. So let's jump right into it and start with your book, Invisible No More. Can you tell us a bit about it and like what inspired you to write this? What inspired me to write Invisible No More was the work that I've been doing for the past uh, couple of decades, documenting, organizing around, litigating around, advocating around, and just generally um, agitating around uh, Black women, girls, queer and trans people's experiences of policing, <laughs> and wanting to provide some context for the individual cases that we were hearing about. So for instance, thinking about Breonna Taylor, if you looked Invisible No More, you learned that unfortunately she's far from the first Black woman who was killed in a no-knock drug raid. So you bring up Breonna Taylor, and I know there's definitely this feeling that when I look at her case and the cases of other Black women who have been killed at the hands of police, it seems like they don't get as much attention as the cases of Black men who have been killed by the police. But the thing you point out in your book is that that's not a feeling, that that is reality. Can you talk to us a bit about that pattern? 
Yeah, I think the title of the book is both a statement of fact, a demand, and an aspiration, right? It's a statement of fact that post-Sandra Bland, Black women's experiences of policing are no longer invisible in the way that they were pre-2015. I often say that before 2015, I feel like I'd be talking underwater constantly mm-hmm. about police violence against Black women and girls, and it, it just wasn't landing. And then all of a sudden in 2015, it's like my head popped above water, and suddenly there was also a lot of other voices hmm. um, yeah. speaking and saying the same thing. So in that sense, we're at an unprecedented level of visibility of Black women's experiences of policing, and I would say that's true for Breonna Taylor. There's a way in which we still have a long way to go for Black women's experiences to be at the center of our consciousness around this issue, to be informed by Black women's experiences. Mm. That's the next step. We have to move past visibility to action. Why do you think there's been such a difference between the reception of Breonna Taylor versus George Floyd? Our understanding of police violence is definitely shaped through the experiences of Black men who are assumed to be straight and not trans, right? That's mm-hmm. the story of state violence that we hear, that the media reproduces, that we reproduce in the tellings of stories to each other in such a way that even when Black women's experiences happen in broad daylight, on camera, in the same way they happen for George Floyd, they still are invisible in some way. When you look at the incident report for Breonna Taylor's killing, it says no one was injured. And that's just an extreme example of how invisible violence against Black women is. You know, here's a Black woman who died in a hail of bullets bled out in her own bed in her own home where she was sleeping, and the Mm. police report says no one was hurt. And the last reason I think it's invisible is because if as a society we had to contend with state violence against Black women that's informed by both anti-Blackness and gender violence, right, misogynoir, Mm. then we would have to contend with anti-Black women violence in our communities. Hmm. We'd have to contend, again, with the fact that this nation is built on violence against Black women's bodies and Black queer and trans bodies, and we're not ready to do that. You know, there's this theory that I think we've all heard that part of the reason why there's such a big difference between uh, the response to Brianna's death and response to George's death is that uh, Brianna wasn't caught on camera. What do you think about that? I could unfortunately point people to a lot of videotape of Black women dying on camera at the hands of police. Um, (laughs) Natasha McKenna, there's a 10-minute video of her being killed, tased to death by police. There's a video of Dewana Johnson, a Black trans woman, being brutally beaten in the police precinct that did not inspire an uprising in the same way that Rodney King's did. I I don't want to keep repeating kind of the the degree of violence, but what I want to say is that there's no shortage of videotaped evidence of police violence against Black women, so I don't think that that's the entirety of the story. Something that also feels especially kind of unique about Breonna Taylor's case is that it's almost become this this inescapable meme um, as of late. Like, you know, people, I've seen weird social media posts, like even sometimes dance challenges, like it, it's, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Ultimately, is that type of attention, is, is that helpful or harmful? I think that it recreates um, some of the narratives that produce the death of Black women, right? Mm. I think it's recreating the notion, the objectification of Black women, that in this case, Breonna Taylor's story is an opportunity to make a clever pun or a cute meme. And we've lost Breonna's humanity in that. We've lost Mm -hmm. the fact that she was a sister, she was a daughter, she was an EMT, she was someone who was full of joy, of laughter, of jokes, the life of a party. She was a multi-dimensional person, right? And I think we just need to be careful that we're not turning into visibility in the way that um, Black women have been made visible in ways that are harmful and produce more violence. Ooh, that was a word. Yeah, (laughs) a few of them. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. Seriously, it's been a really amazing conversation. For folks who want to read your book, Invisible No More, where can they find it in just more of your work? 
Well, Invisible No More is available, I think, for free on Amazon um, this month. So I, in the wake of Breonna Taylor, uh, the publisher and I wanted to make sure that it was available for folks to read. Mm -hmm. I, I wrote it as a resource. I wrote it as a gift um, to the movement, to young folks on the front lines at Ferguson, of BYP 100, of Movement for Black Lives. I wrote it for y'all. So now it's free um, and it's up on Amazon. You can go to the book website, invisiblenomorebook.com. Andrea, thank, thank you, you so, so much. We really appreciate it. All right, y'all, go pick up Andrea's book and get your read on. That's all we got for today. We will see you next time on a new episode of The Nod.